2: Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast powered by ComEd. It's getting easier for your business to switch to electric vehicles. Learn more at ComEd.com slash clean. Happy Wednesday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tiribasi. We are still basking in the glow of last night's 3-2 win over the Colorado Avalanche. We're going to spend a good portion of the show now with a few hours to kind of marinate on it. Uh, What that game meant uh, for the Hawks and and probably more specifically what it meant for Lucas Reichel. We're also going to talk to our buddy Pete Blackburn of the What Chaos podcast. He's going to join us momentarily here. So before we get started there, make sure that you smash that like button on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page as well. Podcast listeners, make sure you're following or subscribed wherever you get your podcast. And please take uh, five to ten seconds to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, it's funny, like there there's a lot of around the league stuff to get to with Pete. It's like coaches are getting fired all the time. <laughs> and you mentioned a, an interesting email you got today about uh coaching coaching items. Uh yeah, so we'll we'll talk about it with
0: Pete, but uh random ass uh email <laughs> uh with uh the, the the betting odds from an inferior uh betting site. About uh, the next head coach to be fired at, in the NHL, there's already been like five or five or six of them it feels like. Um, and four, five? I don't know. four. You counting Babcock? Ah, uh, yeah, you could count that. five. Um, and Luke Richardson was on there as the fourth highest odds as the next coach to be fired. And I, mean, I opened that up, and I said, tell me you're not paying attention without telling me you're not paying attention.
2: Yeah, that's looking at records. and, ol- yeah, and, only oh,
0: and Who's records. got the
3: fourth worst records in the league? Well, they got to be the coach getting fired. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even
0: It's though, not how it works. No, no, not at all. No, and it, it said 12.5% best odds at being fired or whatever. And I was just like, if you had, if you had any idea about the Blackhawks, it would be 0%.
2: Yeah, can I mean, you bet on it not happening? <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't like know. Bet you can you can bet on one. teams.
0: You can you can bet on teams to not make the playoffs. Like before the season, you could bet the Blackhawks to not make the playoffs. The odds are horrible. It's not yeah, worth it. You but, you it. Yeah, you but you could do it. Yeah, you could. But you could do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where it's just like I don't know. Sometimes you people just. Print things or say things with zero information. Yeah. And they say, hey, look at this information. It's just like this. Eh.
3: My right. inbox is full of that crap. Oh, yeah. I've started started
0: marking some of those um, things as spam. But it's
3: always like, you know, it's the weird thing, too. It's not just sports stuff. It's like Illinois is ranked ninth for Wi-Fi capability. Like, (laughs) who gives a shit? Wow, that's (laughs) fascinating. (laughs) Like, it's always, like, the weirdest stuff. Like, Chicago (laughs) is the fourth-ranked city in the world when it comes to... Paper straws are stupid, like just complete nonsense. If you want me
2: to move out of Illinois, oh,
3: yeah, I hate paper straws. Paper straws. Oh, yeah, no.
2: every, every ounce of my liberalness leaves my body when I see a paper yeah, straw. I hate paper straws, they're the worst. I'm just like, F the turtles. I cannot drink out of this damn straw. No, I'm not a fan of the paper straw. No, like I, I don't
3: take your business seriously if you give me
2: paper <laughs> straw. I will probably. Not I get mad.
3: Back. I turn into a Karen
2: if that happens. Unless you
3: have the world's best French fries, I'm not coming back. Yeah. Like if Kuma's Corner had
2: paper straws, I would deal with it. They would never. It's not metal. They wouldn't dare. No, it's paper. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I can see what he did there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is Pete good to Pete's go? Here all right Hello, joining us now from the what chaos podcast uh, bruins podcast is our buddy pete blackburn <laughs> what's up man how are you
1: it's not a bruins podcast but sure i'm doing i'm doing sure fine sure thanks sure. for having me
2: how was your uh, enjoy watching you guys on social media your your trip to columbus how was that
1: it was great. Uh, yeah. I, people sleep on Columbus as a, as an, a, a, a hockey city. I, I think that it's a hockey city. That's my, uh, my takeaway from that trip down there. It was fun. Like they had some good hockey bars. The, the crowd showed up a lively crowd. Um, you know, they, they, they show out for that team and, and, uh, I, I give them respect for it because there hasn't been a lot to cheer for. And I do think the blue jackets are like one of the most anonymous teams in the league. Yeah. And uh, and for some reason, that city still loves them.
3: It is weird considering what's going on there this year where, you know, the whole Babcock thing, everybody knew that was going to blow up in their faces. We just didn't expect it to happen that quickly. Like, hey, first day, get out of here. Uh, but Pascal Vincent, man, he has made some very, very interesting decisions this season, and none of them seem to be paying off for them.
1: Yeah, I uh, I'm a little frustrated, even as a neutral observer with the way that that team is being handled with some of the ways that their young players are being deployed or not deployed over the course of uh, of games. And, you know, your check healthy scratch, like like what what are we doing here? Like this team is clearly not good. And I get that they're probably trying to play for some respect and play for wins on any given night. But the most important thing for the Columbus Blue Jackets is the development of their young players, putting them in situations where they can learn, where they can grow. And I feel like we've seen too many situations from Pascal Vincent where he's uh, kind of strangling some of these young kids in terms of their ice time and in terms of their deployment and not letting them go through those growing pains. And, and giving them a little bit of leash. And that's frustrating to me.
2: Well, I mean, I don't know what Adam Fantilli is going to learn being a left winger on the fourth line. You know, and I know that sometimes you can look at a young player and look at, you know, their last five or six games and say, okay, this guy is clearly overwhelmed. Let's pull it back a little bit. Let's put, give him a night in the press box and just hit the reset button. But burying a guy in the fourth line isn't going to teach him anything aside from being frustrated as hell. And my on only explanation of,
1: yeah. is that uh, that they uh, Pascal Vincent listened to our interview with Adam Fantilli, in which he said <laughs> that he models his game after Sean Corrali, and he was like, "Okay, cool, fourth liner. There we go." <laughs> that,
2: that could be. He's going to regret saying that. I would imagine so. But they they can't fire him. You just had the Babcock thing. You can't come now and fire. Well, a, 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 I think he's a one-and-done lame duck guy. Yeah, maybe. There's no way Jarmo Kekalainen
3: survives this offseason, is there? I mean.
1: I would say that there's, there is there is a uh, a due change of, of, uh, of cleaning of house over there, I, I would say. And Pascal Vincent, I know that he was kind of cast into the job at the last second, but it's one of those situations where I, I wondered at the time, like, why – why even give him the the full label of head coach instead of like interim head coach? Why not like the the Andrew Burnett situation in Florida where let's ride out this year, see how it goes. This is kind of like a one-year experimental thing and then we'll reevaluate at the end of the year. I, I think this is a big time reevaluation at the end of the season. And uh, from what I've seen, Pascal Vincent has not inspired a lot of confidence as the long-term head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets.
3: Yeah, I just feel that that Yarmo's kind of reached his end of his run there. Like I know yeah. he's one of the more respected GMs in the league, but like let's face it, what has he really accomplished that there? Works. I mean, he kept the team together for that 2019, and you, they you know they swept the the, the Lightning uh, in the first round, and and that was a feel good moment there. But because you decided to do that, you know. Panarin leaves for nothing. Barboski leaves for nothing. Duchesne is gone. Like, those are all guys you could have moved for assets and maybe built, and they haven't recovered from that yet.
1: So also their only playoff series win under Yarmo. So at least he can say that he's won a playoff series, I suppose.
2: Yeah, that's a bad thing. Sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah,
3: one right. in nine years, I guess. If that's your standard, then he's meeting it. Cool. Manage yeah. the White Sox.
0: Good. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's- talking about you know job security and, and, and coachings in the NHL another one uh, is, is out the door this week as, as Ottawa gets rid of DJ Smith. Um, I mean it, Greg you and I were talk, talking about it uh, before the show it's it's kind of like the senators are, are getting into that position in their you know rebuild phase or whatever that they've been going through where a lot of their core pieces are like hitting their prime and here you are you're now firing a coach. And you're sitting in a lottery spot once again. Where do you see the the Senators going from here? You know, now that they're 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 moving on from DJ Smith, like you know Daniel Alfredson's behind the bench. Like, is this kind of like a you know uh, a situation that the Blackhawks were in where Dennis Savard was the coach, but Joel Quenville was just kind of sitting in the back of the office yeah.
1: waiting for his his chance? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, from what I've been told, the the Senator situation is like the the DJ Smith firing is the precursor to like a culture change within the Ottawa senators and the way that it was described to me. And I found this a funny way of phrasing. Uh, I was told DJ Smith ran a country club esque atmosphere with the Ottawa senators where it was very chill and like the players like him and he's well respected as a personality and as a human being. Uh, but, there wasn't a lot of accountability or intensity within that team. And, uh, and I think that you can see that with the way that the team plays. And there needs to be a, a culture change with sort of how much guys are bringing on any given day. And, you know, maybe this is a like a minuscule thing to kind of overanalyze. But after firing DJ Smith, they held an optional skate yesterday morning and about 10 guys showed up. And for, I know it's an optional skate. I know it's probably not the most important thing in the world, but after you fire the coach and there's a brand new guy leading the team and there's this clearly like a wake up call for the team. The fact that like two thirds of the team does not show up to that skate is, it's kind of a tough look. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'd be a little alarmed there. And then they get out to a three nothing lead last night and lose four to three. So, you know, new coach, same result. Uh, but I did see last night while I was sitting in the press box at the United Center that the Ottawa Senators have a player named Angus Cruikshank. <laughs> <laughs> and he scored his first goal last night, and that is my new favorite player in the National Hockey League. He was also my favorite character in Braveheart.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is a Harry Potter ass name mm. for uh for Angus I, Crookshank. He's like, that is a wild name to have in 2023. <laughs> he was like
3: Rob Stark's like second in command on Game of Thrones or something like Had that. To be. Like the, yeah. the House of Crookshank.
2: Yo, yeah, although I'll take I'll take Angus over like the new hockey names of like Ryder and Jackson yeah. with an X and a Y and a Z in there for some oh, reason and Stabber lovers are
3: coming. For <laughs> oh, you. That's, a kind,
1: that's the a kind the, of name that the Ottawa Senators need in terms of like this guy is capable of anything. True. Like those, <laughs> like the name like Riker doesn't instill a fear. That person's clearly Gen Z, it's TikTok generation. <laughs> Angus Crookshank was legitimately teleported from like the days of witchcraft. And I think that that's something that, that that team needs. It's just a real element of unpredictability. He
3: showed up. Yeah. I'm going to date myself with this reference, but he showed up at a circle K out of a phone
2: booth, right <laughs> off of a medieval <laughs> battlefield and ran right a, to the yeah. Ottawa center. Do we need to whiteboard that for the youngsters? Yeah, uh, They can look it up. They yeah. can Google it. The, Bear, it. the bears had a guy named Aaron
3: and on their team at, mm. in trading camp, but Angus. Angus is, a a, level. No, yeah. is another I level. I mean, Angus, Cruikshank and Artem Zub, those guys need to be like in a cop movie together. (laughs) Like, how are you not marketing those guys?
1: You're telling me an Angus shanked this crook. You ever see those uh, those tweets? Telling me a shrimp fried this rice? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta have that cop, you
3: know, gotta get him in the new Beverly Hills cop movie. Yeah,
1: definitely. I'm interested in the
2: Alfredson angle. And, and, you know, Jacques, 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 Jacques Martin, easy for me to say. Uh, you know, ascends from on high, just like Joel Quindle did back in the day. Um, are they grooming Alfredson for this job, do you think?
1: I, I think they, they want him to take as large of a role within that organization as he is willing to take. And he's really moved off of his stance that he didn't want to be involved in the day-to-day because at the beginning of the season, when when they brought him in to kind of be around the team, He was like i don't want to travel on the road i kind of just want to be comfortable and and kind of like ease back into the mix and clearly that's changed and and i think that they've really pulled him towards this team because they know that this team could probably benefit from him and you even saw it last night there was a play where i I forget who it was on the ice did not finish his check in the corner kind of just did a little drive by headed back to the bench instead of finishing a check and, and Alfie was there waiting for him at the door <laughs> and kind of laid into him and like that's the kind of stuff that the Ottawa Senators need it's that accountability and and forcing guys to play and put 100% into every shift and so like i think that they're they're probably looking at Alfie as a guy that they would love to be in the mix as much as possible and my, I guess my big question is whether he would want to take on response, that much responsibility. But the fact that he's even there as an assistant now chooses, makes me believe maybe maybe he's being pushed in that direction. So could be the next guy.
3: Uh, another topic that we've kind of sort of followed, at least from the beginning. Uh, did Patrick Kane break the Detroit Red Wings? Because uh, they're 1-5-1 and one, since he put on that jersey. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but I, I, I'm kind of enjoying the hell out of that. I mean, he's been okay, a goal and four points in his seven games, but there, I mean, I know everybody in goalie pads in Detroit all of a sudden is hurt now, but I mean, what's going on? You can't, you can't, when you're playing in that division and in that conference, you can't afford to have one of these stretches in the middle of the season.
1: Yeah. It, it's uh, you know, I think the, the Kane, it coinciding with this slide is is a bit coincident, coincidental, just because, you know, he has looked better than I've expected for for the most part. Uh, it's I think it's partially like just the general chaos going on with that team right now. You mentioned the goaltender thing. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Good salute to nice (laughs) paying tribute to, to the podcast name, but it is the general chaos of that team right now. Like the goaltending thing is tough. The injuries have, have not helped Uh, Larkin being out of the lineup, obviously Um, Comfer And, you know, I think that, that team is still adjusting to playing with Patrick Kane and, Debrink, it's been really bad over the past couple of weeks. So it's just kind of a, I think a, they're trying to find their footing. And a lot of things are happening all at once. That's preventing them from doing that.
2: Well, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that about Kane because um, back in my, my prior job, I, I had the opportunity to interview some Hawks, like at, at bar events and whatnot. And they all mentioned that you have to learn how to play with him. Like it, it's definitely not a typical line mate for guys to have we're seeing it a little bit too with Connor bedard where his line mates just can't imagine how a puck got to them and all of a sudden it's right there on their tape and they don't know what to do with it kane's a little bit different though because of the way he's he's such a stationary player if that makes sense like he gets the puck kind of takes a look takes a look he shimmies a little bit and then finds a spot and i think for for teammates that, that's a pretty big adjustment to get used to if you've never done it and of course like you saw Debrinket score a pair of goals the other night. One was a vintage cross-ice one-timer from Patrick Kane. So they're starting to find that again. But for the rest of that team, it, it is an adjustment to play with him.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of like, that was always my argument when everybody would talk about Connor McDavid and be like, you could put Joe Schmo next to Connor McDavid and he'll get uh you know 50 60 points and i just don't think that that's true it's not necessarily like anybody can play alongside of Connor mcdavid because he just plays at a, a higher on a higher plane than a lot of people and like you mentioned that that will result in a lot of guys alongside him like being shocked that the puck is that the puck's almost on their stick and they have to do something with it it's you know you have to think the game as quickly as the guy you use, that you're playing alongside, and that can be tough. Um, I don't know what the the Patrick Kane um, element is where it's tough to play alongside him, but it seems very clear that the Detroit Red Wings are still trying to figure that out, and they haven't really gotten there yet.
3: You got to keep avoiding that piano when it's not on his back. <laughs> the when defensive piano, yes. it's hard
1: to avoid that on the
3: ice sometimes.
2: It arrives every time the puck goes the other way. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, One thing I wanted to show you, too, this is a video from our friend Leah Merrill from PHNX. Um, She filmed a video of Jacob Jacob Chikrin being honored uh, in his return to Mullet Arena. Uh, This is a tweet I sent you, uh, Braggs. Uh, The 4,000-seat Mullet Arena, uh, not very populated last night, and as they're looking for a new arena deal, um, do you have any sort of faith that this is a even if they do get the arena of their dreams, let's say, is this a viable franchise? Like, Have we seen enough from from Phoenix slash Arizona to already say, like, this just isn't going to work here?
1: Um, I, I think that it can. I think that it can work anywhere. Like, I mean, just because it's not in a market that like. It's not in a traditional hockey market like we've seen that that doesn't really matter as long as you're putting together a, uh, a product that has quality on the ice and is accessible for large amounts of people. Like, the the big thing is, is the arena in an area where it can be accessed by, you know, scores of people? And, and we saw, in, like, even in Ottawa, when, when uh, you know, that, that arena is not the easiest to get to and they had attendance problems. And we know that people in Ottawa care about the senators and they've got a good fan base. It just doesn't matter sometimes. And the Arizona Coyotes, this year they're a respectable team but for years and years and years you know what a joke and who would want to show up for that team um my my thing is with mullet like right now is we're five days away from christmas there's probably a lot of people that are not on the asu campus that they would be tapping into for tickets otherwise and so like maybe that's a reason why they're struggling a little bit recently with ticket sales but like for the most part mold's been a pretty good experiment like it's been a fun unique atmosphere the crowds are typically pretty good and uh i think that there is some excitement for the coyotes in terms of the direction that they're heading in you know i they obviously just need a long-term footing and uh, a long-term solution that hasn't happened yet
2: it's a good point on the ASU thing too because not only do you have college students home you also have i mean what percentage of people that live in the Greater Phoenix area, yeah, our are Phoenix natives—they're all from Boston or Chicago or New York—and yeah, they're probably yeah. heading back to see their families for Christmas. So that's a solid point, but, it just, but
3: still, I don't it's just—I don't care. It's still—it's four, 4 thousand right? like, seats. You know, if you're having trouble filling a four thousand t- Tuesday night, Ooh, you know, yes. it, it could be—it's uh, not. A, it's just not a good look when you're trying to get another arena. But yeah, now we can we can see, and uh, that is you know. Uh, usually, that's af- right after the first TV timeout. Usually, the first TV timeout yeah, is when people, they do those video tributes. And people
0: get into the so their seats. like it's
3: not like it's like two seconds after the start of a period or something like yeah. that. But I don't know. It's, I guess
0: it's, the Jacob Chicken return wasn't a real ticket mover.
3: I guess not. <laughs> and you got Brady Kachuk. You know, the Kachuks are are big in Arizona. I, I would have just thought you would have had a bigger crowd, but maybe the ASU maybe they are relying a lot on those those students. Probably tickets but again that's not a great thing either because <laughs> who's going to show up when you move to your new arena if it's not on campus of another university
2: yeah that's a good point
1: yeah I, heart- uh, sorry go ahead i'm 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 reaching like the end of my my uh leash in terms of like will this work in uh in in phoenix arizona tempe wherever you want to put it like if if we're, we're not to a solution within, like, the next six months in terms of a finalized plan, just move on. Just cut your losses and, and put the team somewhere else. This is outrageous.
3: And winning does cure all. I mean, if you had a championship-caliber team in there the past 20 years, you would have a greater interest. But, right. you know, as you mentioned, Jay, like, most people who live in that area are from somewhere else. So they— they go to the Coyotes game when the Bruins are in town or the Rangers are in town, the team they grew up watching or or live for most of their adult life before retiring. So it's just, it's tough. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why I want it to succeed. I mean, the state of Arizona is starting to, like, produce some great, talented uh, hockey players. The youth hockey has exploded there. But at some point for the league, it's got to make sense, and I just don't know... If that's ever going to happen, minus, you know, a run to the Stanley Cup final,
0: which in that arena would be hilarious. No, I said that. (laughs) I
3: said that when they first said they were going to do this I go, I totally want the Coyotes to go on one of those crazy ass runs and get to the Stanley Cup final. The NHL has to, like, hand out their trophy in a 4000 seat. I think that would be
1: tell us how cool it it is. The NHL and Gary Bettman would absolutely shit their pants if the <laughs> Coyotes were in a position to play in the Stanley Cup Final because setting. I don't know if you have you guys been to Mullet? No, not, not yet, yet. No. So like the like the press row at Mullet is essentially a standing bar in the concourse area, and you you just like can't fit people there. It's it's a very small venue, obviously, but like I, I think that it's probably smaller than a lot of people even imagine. And if you were to have a Stanley Cup Final series there, Beyond it meeting. would be a lo- logistical disaster, mm-hmm. and the league would be out so much money from ticket sales and and things like that. Like it would be a nightmare, and it would be the funniest thing in the world.
3: I kind of want it to happen. Just just, yeah, just, well, just I, will, the...
1: I want to see the chaos. Not the... yeah, exactly. like I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the league the league was like telling the Coyotes, you cannot have. A Stanley Cup quality team for for like the next two three years, which is is
3: counterproductive in them trying to get a real arena. Like they've really stepped in it in this one. Uh, And I wanted to mention earlier we're talking about the Coyotes. Is Sean was Sean okay uh, this morning after his uh, his Sabers gave up a nine spot to the mighty Coyotes or uh, mighty uh, Blue Jackets last night? (laughs)
1: Uh, Well, we uh, we had our first all remote episode this morning because two thirds of our podcast woke up extremely sick and it was oh, me and Sean. And uh, I think that part of Sean's illness was having to watch the Sabres <laughs> last night. And I I honestly can't blame him. You give up nine goals to the Columbus Blue Jackets of all teams. That's the problem. And I think that, uh, I think that that's an automatic, you're on the hot seat Don Granado kind of situation. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's
2: like, the you know, giving up 63 to the Raiders. You're automatically fired yeah, the next day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. fly home. All right, before I let you go, you've been super generous with your time. Uh, what should people know about the show this week? Anything they missed? Anything coming up you want to make sure to mention?
1: Yeah, uh, we had Adam Fintilly this week. It was a great interview. Uh, that's on YouTube now. You can go check it out, uh, What Chaos Show on YouTube. We have Jim Montgomery, head coach of the Boston Bruins, tomorrow. Shocker. Um, then we've got some <laughs> Pro Shop Wars coming out this week. So, And then we're going to take most of next week off i think we're gonna have uh, like one and a half episodes next week due to the holiday and then when we come back more blue jackets guys uh we teased today that we have kirill marchenko uh coming up at some point and he rocks absolute rock star obviously he's a great player he had a hat trick last night one of the best goals of the season going through his legs but he is also my big takeaway from columbus was that they're the glowing reviews of marchenko as a player and as a person we're probably the strongest of any guy in that room. And that was talking to other players as well. They love that guy and we got to sit down with them and you could tell very quickly why everybody loves that guy so much. He's, he's the best.
2: Awesome. All right. Don't miss it. Make sure you subscribe to what chaos on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube and leave them a five-star review. They need it. They need those That's five right. star reviews
1: badly. The libs are tanking our ratings. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. <laughs> all right, Pete. Appreciate it, man. Hope you're feeling better. And we'll talk to one of you soon. Thanks, yeah. Man.
1: yeah. Thanks for having me.
2: Take care. Follow Pete on Twitter at Pete Blackburn. Uh, always love having him on the show and going around the league. So when we're we'll going to take a break here, when we come back. We're going to dig into Lucas Reichel's performance a little bit last night. But first, Greg's going to tell you how to get haramed. It is Christmas after all.
3: <sighs> um <laughs> It doesn't have to be Christmas. I mean, <laughs> for some people, it's only Christmas and birthdays. But on other, for other people, we don't have that problem. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you. Our partner, Ray Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Affirm. in Fox Lake is making room for their lot of incoming 2024 vehicles. And you know what that means? You'll be able to shop incredible savings on every new vehicle in stock during their limited time wrap-up of the year sales event. So such good puns wrap right there. For, every, for a very limited time, get up to 15% off new 2024 Jeep Grand Cherokees with dealer discount at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. Hrem. You'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and drive home with more money in your pocket than you expect. Thanks to Ray's price promise. Don't miss out. Shop great deals all month long and save big because Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever, and that's not all, just listening, just for listening, you can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center, or mention CHGO when you book online at RayCDJR slash service, hurry in, you must book before December 31st, that's the end of the week, or next week, yes, that's coming up, we're like days away, so hurry in. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and because they are the only team we recommend visit them on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, head on over to RayCDJR.com.
2: Serving the community since 1963. Speaking of unwrapping things, you know, NFL fans, it's time to unwrap nonstop football action. This holiday season throw down on big matchups with DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL and score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Now, I've been looking around at the Bears bets this week, uh, Bears and Cardinals, uh, and I saw one that seems like kind of a sure thing. Hmm. The Arizona Cardinals, to win from behind, oh, <laughs> is yes. plus 290. Yeah, will the Bears get out to yet another big lead and blow it yet again? Why not? Probably yes. <laughs> Plus two ninety on DraftKings. So if you're not feeling very much faith in the Bears at this moment, uh, now's your time to jump in and bet on that. Another one I liked here too. The, the daggers brags gave you with his eyes when you uh, <laughs> when
3: you said that was, was I quite good. Kind he, of hope so. He was he was. Where's like, the what are,
0: what are the game lines on the Packers game?
2: Hey, who cares? Um, <laughs> we, had, we had our Packers podcast. We today, had enough whatever. Packers <laughs> talk. In the, you C- missed it, Jay. C.H. Joe Packers. I was wouldn't say name? I missed it, Greg. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this. Uh, now, here's another interesting one. Big odds. Plus 900 for the Bears to not record a sack. I know that Montez Ooh. Sweat's been getting after it, but oh, uh, Kyler Murray is a mobile, fast quarterback. They're plus 900. They're 900? getting a sack, Jay. You think? I would think so. Murray will at least run directly. Run right into into the arms
3: of a defender? (laughs) Probably.
2: (laughs) All right. There's a reason
3: that's plus 900. I
2: like, though, the Arizona Cardinals to win from behind. It actually just changed. Now it's plus 280. It was plus 290. When I started the read, I guess (laughs) people are putting some on Joe bump. Yeah. 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 And you know what? The great thing about a bet that I recommend is it's guaranteed to be wrong. Mm -hmm. So. You know, the Bears yeah, will end bet. up winning. <laughs>
0: your, your long shot bet last night didn't pay
2: off. <laughs> yes, my, I had 37 cents in my DraftKings account. 37
3: I, cents, Vern? There's
2: another date. <laughs> now it's $0 <laughs> in my account because I saw Wyatt Kaiser was, what, plus five, plus 1500 plus fifteen hundred to score a goal. And uh, I bet You're 37 like, yeah, cents not? on it to win, like, five bucks and change. And I was watching the game with Mario. Going, oh, here's my chance. And then Wyatt Kaiser just fell down. Yeah. He, Colin Blackwell himself in tribute, <laughs> so I lost 37 cents. So I'm going to invoice Wyatt Kaiser. But, hey, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now with code CHGO. New customers, you bet those five bucks on NFL action and score 150 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. The crown is yours. Hang on. A little sip of water. Ah, here we go. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in new york call 8778 hope ny or text hope ny 467 369 in connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We have got nice. to stop typing out the, num- the numbers. Yeah, that's
3: <laughs> bad. They shortened it, but then they made it oh, worse. But it is so, so hard out. to the read that The first time way. I read that, I said hopiny, and yeah. assurance. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm a complete
2: idiot. Good enough. But, yeah, we can't have, like, E I G H T S E V E N. It is so hard to read that way.
3: Yeah, they shortened it by like a bit, but then they threw in that and that's
2: yeah. We're sports podcasters. We don't read good.
3: The sliders might be in a better spot had Shane Pinto just played DraftKings because it's void in Ontario. There you go. He would have been blocked out. He would have been able to play all the season. See, sure. It's all about what sports book you pick.
2: See, there you go. You you blew it. You blew it, Pinto. They would be a totally different team if he was here. Yep. Yes. Play- um, playoffs. DJ Smith would still have a job. Yes. Uh, but DJ Bean still does, even though he doesn't like us and doesn't come on. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Lucas Reichel, back? I mean, back. for a game, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see yeah. what
3: happens uh, Friday.
0: Friday. Yeah. Friday know. against Montreal here in town. Yeah. Yeah, I mean his his performance last night was uh, was spirited, as was the entire team. And I think it was it was a lot of fun to see them playing well um, against an Avs team that, sure, very much underperformed. Um, we heard from uh, Devin Taze after the game uh, speaking about the Avalanche, saying, you know, basically guys are coasting because they think that they're they're hot shit, yeah. and um, you know it's. That's uh, we talked about Last night how this was last night's game was easily a game where the Blackhawks could have just phoned it in It was a game where the avalanche also could have easily phoned it in expecting to just walk in and win And they kind of played that way and I think it was just great to have the Blackhawks Have a performance where they took advantage of a team Overlooking them and it's a way to build confidence and Reichel Was one of those guys that you know going going into this game going into the season um, wanting to take that next step in his development. And it, sure, one performance doesn't automatically erase the past 28 games or anything like that, but it was definitely a performance where you're like, this is the guy that we were expecting to see.
2: Yeah, you know, you feel like it's still in there. Yeah. And I think that's what, as the season has gone on and he has struggled to produce, it's been so frustrating because what we what we saw at the end of last year was real. That was not smoke and mirrors. That was not a guy like getting lucky Or pucks bouncing off his leg and in or like had a massively great shooting percentage. He was an effective, dangerous player most of the time he was on the ice Mm -hmm. at the end of last season in that final call-up. And, you know, you predicted him before Bedard was uh, drafted to lead the team in scoring, and that wasn't an absurd thought at all. You know, before we knew that Bedard was going to join the Hawks, like, that's perfectly reasonable that you would think he'd have 50, 60 points based on what we saw from him last year. And last night he finally gets only his third goal of the year, his first at five on five. And really the first goal that's like that was created and generated because of his skill. Yeah. And, and I know Laz wrote about it today for the athletic, I'm not going to steal it, but some quotes from him saying like, it just, it felt great to score that way and to score early and everybody was playing with energy. And yeah, I think the avalanche did kind of come out a little bit, not ready to go. But that third period, the Hawks were getting under their skin. They were fired up. They were yeah. coming at the Hawks hard, and the Hawks were able to hang on. And I think that's another kind of a – you know, when you look at the things that maybe you take away from that game aside from Reichel was the fact that they didn't surrender the lead and they mm-hmm. didn't give up that last-minute goal that we all kind of felt was coming when that net was empty. Yeah, Everybody in that bar last night at the Broken Barrel was like, here we go, it's yeah. this game's about to be tied.
3: I was ready to be like, man – it's going to suck when they only get one point out of this effort.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you just figure, you
3: know, you look on the ice and there's McKinnon and there's N- Niskuch, who I thought was going to have a freaking hat trick yeah, before the third first period yeah. went over, and there's Miko Rantanen, and it's like, oh, boy, yeah. like this is not going to end well. Um, the most impressive thing from Reichel last night was just how he got through the neutral zone. I don't know if it translated to the TV as well as it did at the United Center. He was just, you know, boom. No timidness, no indecisiveness. He was just flying through the neutral zone. And there was that play, I think it was towards the end of the first period, where uh, they didn't get anything out of it, but he was coming up the boards and, like, he faked two different avalanche out of their skates. Yeah. Uh, And um, he's just playing with confidence. A confident Lucas Reichel is a much different player than what we've seen through the first 30 games of this season. And that's what we've been saying for weeks that it's been between his, his ears has been. And it seems like for whatever reason, last night he got that bugaboo out and now we need to see it for two games in a row, three games in a row, yeah. f- five games in a row. Like that needs what we saw last night needs to be the standard for Lucas. Reichel. Well, I think yeah. there,
2: there were a lot of people, you know, kind of in a chat or, or wherever online just saying like, why won't you guys just call this guy a bus and say it, it's just a, too early to make that he's call. he's
3: a 21-year-old that's played 50-some-odd games in the NHL. Like, right, yeah. You know,
2: and there's almost the biggest sample size of production as there is to lack of production. I'm
3: sure if you Google searched Jack Hughes' bust, there are probably a lot of people calling him a bust in his second full season yeah. that look like idiots now. I'm not saying Lucas Reichel is going to be Jack Hughes, but no, you, but you can't let... on a player yeah, that quickly is. you can't let... Even... Uh, Lafayette in New York is starting to prove people wrong. Yeah. He's having a good season. That's a guy that I was in the territory of like, it's been three years. I'm kind of confident to call him a bust. I mean, he probably still will be a bust for where he was picked, but he's still looking like he's going to be a a decent player. Probably should have never been picked that high, but at the time everybody was, you know, there was the comparisons to him and Sidney Crosby, and you might be able to blame Some of his slow start to his career on Gerard Gallant and then the the way they handled him. But we'll see. Um, But that avalanche comment was pretty interesting last night. And I actually rode the elevator down after I talked to you guys, held the elevator door open for somebody. And it was our buddy, Jesse uh, Montano, formerly of DNVR and now with Guerrilla Sports. He was the one that got that quote, put it out there. And he was like, man, did you see him? Like, yeah, we talked about it on a show. And he's like, it's a problem. Like, and he was saying, like, it seems like the new guys that have come in just aren't gelling what? the way they want. Jonathan Duran isn't working out? Uh, like, <laughs> but you look at it. Like, Ryan Johansson decides it's more important to punch Colin Blackwell in the face with a minute to go down a goal. That's idiotic. Miles Wood, another new guy. Decides it's more important for me to make sure the ref knows that I think he's a big fat doo doo head or whatever you call them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And family show. It was more important for him to get that out of his system than to stay on the ice when you just gave up the goal ahead goal because you took a dumb penalty to begin with. Right. You know, guys like that, you know, Ross Colton, I don't know, like he's been a good player for them, but it's like. It's, it's something there isn't working And it was it was refreshing to hear a player like that Basically yeah. Without naming names Just calling out his teammates And then you get the, the people like Oh he shouldn't have said that It's like These are the same people that are like oh they just give you boring you know cliches all yeah, the time robot right, answers right, right. The guy show some emotion he's like oh you you should say that face to face to the
2: teammate no it probably me it probably has a better effect when you call somebody out in public speaking of that real quick cyber i forgot to mention it earlier tomorrow's show nick felino will be with us right here in this studio so don't miss tomorrow's show we start at 2 30 nick will join us at 3 uh, so hopefully first of many visits with Nick Felino, yeah. uh coming up. So that's going to be awesome. I'm really excited for that. And that's a guy who knows a little bit about speaking up yeah. and saying things that matter. Okay, sorry. Just want to make sure we got that out there.
0: Well, and I think those comments, you know, I would think in the NHL culture, there's not really going to be a player that's going to go out and say something to the media that hasn't already been said to teammates behind closed doors. Uh, and a lot of times other players are in the room when those interviews are happening. Um, and so it's, it's not necessarily news uh, to them that, Hey, some of you guys aren't, aren't pulling your weight or, you know, the, the culture in here, the mindset around here isn't, isn't working for us. I mean, that's, that's uh, pretty common. Felino has said on multiple occasions with other guys in the room, veterans aren't carrying their weight. Like he said, like he said that before. So I mean, it's I, I'm I'm thankful that it feels like more this season and in recent seasons where NHL players are starting to kind of say some things that that prick your ears up and have gotten away from just the generic and the cliche. I appreciate that.
3: I think the old guard, the old dinosaurs around the league, are starting to get very nervous about the last few months in the NHL where the players are starting to become more empowered. Yeah. Um, I mean, we saw it in Columbus. The players spoke up and said, we're not dealing with this Mike Pye Black clown. Like mm-hmm. it's not happening. Yeah. Um, you're seeing it with, you know, the pride tape. It took Travis Dermott, one guy. And then all of a sudden they back down and, mm-hmm. and, you know, Marc Andre Fleury and his mask and that whole thing. But you're starting to see players speak up more, yeah. right? not yeah. only within their teams, but just, overall yeah. and that's probably scaring the crap out of the old guard in the nhl which is a good thing
0: well and uh what was it the austin matthews deal didn't lock him in for eight years or whatever it was like a five-year deal or something like four
3: years wasn't it yeah. four
0: years five years yeah Sh- shorter i think some players are, are probably get wising up to like hey i can get two massive contracts instead of one if i get two sign two during my prime rather than one when I'm 21 and another one when I'm 30. Right. You know, it's a lot different. It's
3: that 28 number Mm -hmm. that these guys are starting to target. We're like, I want to be a free at 28 because 28 sounds so much better than 29.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's true. It's it's not as close to 30 as 29 is. Exactly.
3: It's a whole another year away.
2: You're right. I I can math. And you said you weren't a math guy. (laughs) Yes. You know, I surprised myself. Uh, we got to take another break, uh, but when we come back, we'll continue the conversation and uh, you know, kind of preview what's ahead for the Hawks because I, I think three of the last four games, they've looked pretty good and they're getting a little bit healthier. So what does that all mean? Hopefully it means uh, some better performances, some
0: more cohesive performances and uh, more reasons to go out and see them at the United Center. And if you're going to do Mr. that – Do it with our friends at Game Time. Get your tickets and have the best experience possible. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. And Game Time is the fast and easy way to get tickets to all the sporting events, music events, comedy events, and theater events. All the events you can ever hope for near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, uh, views from your seat when you're looking for your tickets and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets, and you have the Blackhawks playing the uh, Montreal Canadiens, a nice original six matchup on Friday night uh, at the United Center. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be a, a hot ticket. The Blackhawks this year, Ben Pope tracks it all season long. Their attendance this year has been uh, predictably up from last year, but it is it is so noticeable being in that building when there's 18, 19, 20,000 compared to last season when there was 13, 14, 15 on a lot of nights. That's
2: an Akita Zaitsev effect. Uh, Sure. No doubt.
0: Sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, No Kirby Doc in the lineup, so we can't get the revenge on him for his – Basically, FU celebration last year. Well, I think Jared Nordy like, kind
2: of did yeah, by removing his leg from his that's body. True. That's not, true. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, g- get your uh, tickets to that game uh, Friday night and all the events that you want to go to through Game Time. Again, they take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code CHGO, and you're going to get $20 off of your first purchase. Uh, terms do apply. Again, go to the Game Time app, Create an account and redeem the code CHGO for 20% off. That is C as in CHGO, mm-hmm. H as in hell yeah, CHGO is awesome, G as in go, CHGO, go, and O as in oh my God, I love CHGO. When you download the Game Time app today, you get your last minute tickets, the lowest prices guaranteed.
3: Thank you, Robert Loja. And, it says
0: uh, spell out CHGO. I know
3: it does say that. I mean, I'm
0: like,
2: we, well. Um, what else do you want me to do? We kind of spell out the time. numbers too. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, not a way to not spell out CHGO, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unless yeah. you're John Greenberg. <laughs> Chuggo, sure. So I've also heard CHGO, CHGO. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, we're not a we're not a, a worldwide video game. No.
3: Yeah. Game time makes it easier to buy tickets, and it's also getting easier for business to switch to electric vehicles. Oh hell yeah. That's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it.
0: Yeah, that electric grid, it's something. It's evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as well as, as we all, I can read good, as we all move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense for you.
3: So, Mario... In your advice what should business owners do
0: listen if there's anything i should give out it's business advice but (laughs) you should go to comed.com clean and learn more about their resources fleet rebates and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric and if you own a business don't wait start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles it's good for business good for the planet good for all of us Go to ComEd.com slash
3: clean. Sorry, I was daydreaming about Nikita Zaitsev's uh, Norris Trophy acceptance speech. (laughs) Did you say ComEd.com slash
2: clean?
0: I did say ComEd.com slash clean. Go there now. See how Going Electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come.
2: So as we uh, project what this recent stretch of decent performances means. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like such a low bar. (laughs) Yes. Dom Lesishishian of The Athletic has published his NHL season projections as of today. There are 4 NHL teams he has with a 0% chance of making the playoffs. That sounds about right. Anaheim, Columbus, Chicago, and San Jose. Boy, yeah.
3: What a numbers genius that guy <laughs> is. How At many, least I
2: could read his graph.
3: How many how yeah, many nice. funky spreadsheets did he need to come up with
2: that? <laughs> You know, blockbuster of a announcement. Who do you think has the highest odds to win the Stanley Cup? At twelve uh, percent, Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas, nope. Boston, Boston. Oh. Uh, well, they're frauds. Guess who's we second? Vancouver, Co- Colorado Avalanche. You're gonna hate this, Greg. Toronto, Toronto is yeah. second. Sure, Great. You of course keep, they are. You
3: keep picking the yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying, man. No, the 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 graft dorks are just
2: <laughs> watch a game, man. Third are Florida and Dallas.
0: Dallas I, Dallas, I don't, I uh, don't hate being number it's four. The top
3: but. four were Boston, Toronto, Boston, Florida, Toronto, and Dallas.
2: Florida and Dallas. Florida and Dallas each have nine percent chances of winning the Stanley Cup mm. in their eyes. Mm. I don't. I don't know. Out of those four teams, I don't yeah. think any of them are winning the cup.
3: No, but out of those four, I would if I had to bet. I would put my money on Dallas because I they'd be so coming too. out of the West, which it would should be less of a death.
2: Maybe pool. you got to get through maybe. Vegas.
3: Maybe, maybe not. And I, I think
2: LA is really good too. Maybe, maybe not like, you know, and but Vegas and Vegas,
3: and, Vegas a and LA have to play each other in the format. So you're only going to have mm-hmm. to beat one of those teams.
2: Yeah, true. <laughs> and the uh, now galvanized uh, Colorado Avalanche after Devin Taves, the lesser Taves <laughs> called <laughs> sure, them out. Yeah. I mean, Colorado
3: is good, but they definitely have some holes. I mean, losing to the Blackhawks is not a good look. Well,
0: and goaltending has been a problem for them.
3: And we're gonna see the Stars uh, twice next week. uh Oh,
0: yeah, the clo- we, uh, <laughs> we Blackhawks end the year with uh, two a
3: road
2: trip, to two Dallas. in Dallas, yeah, the
3: yeah? 29th and New Year's Eve. Kind of like that. That's it's,
2: fun. That's fun for a set. That what's great about yeah. that. I'm I'm that. I'll be out on New Year's Eve, and I won't have to go anywhere. That right. is horrible. i yeah. will get the United Center instead. No, there's no, they're road, they're, games. Yeah. Oh, road games. That's we'll road be, here game. we'll, be, we'll here be here instead. We'll be here instead.
0: We'll be here unless we do our remote New Year's Eve show, which we did last year.
2: Mm, let's be here. Let's order some pizza and some wings, and sure, we'll sprinkle some gluten uh, on it like we did last night. Just, just to, to you talk, you talk <laughs> me into it. If my <laughs> wife is watching, change our plans. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> You guys are still young. You you should go out on New Year's Eve. The, the idea of going With out on child? New Year's Eve no, makes me cringe. Absolutely not.
3: Yeah, I didn't like going out on New Year's Eve when I was in my 20s. Yeah, no. It was no. amateur horrible. night then. It was like, you know, I'm, a, I'm an expert at this whole staying out, drinking late thing. Like, I don't need an excuse. Like... I don't need a special night for Yeah, I, I, it, that, that's any day ending in Hawaii back in my 20s. So it was like, oh.
2: who are all these weirdos I've never seen before? Like, go away. The worst was uh, we went to Navy Pier... Had like Cheap Trick and Poi Dog Pondering playing at Navy Pier. Interesting pairing. And it was, uh, you know, you buy a ticket and they're like, oh, it's like drinks are included. And you spend all night in line for drinks that are this big. Yeah. There's two two bars for 25,000 people. Yet somehow (laughs) 90% of the people there are just bomb hammered like throwing up on the carpet yeah new like year's i'm eve is, never going out again the, the two worst
3: days of my my drinking days that i hated going anywhere near a place that served any kind of booze new year's eve and saint patrick's day yeah. oh yeah total no. amateur no it's just i i would rather just drink with the professionals on a random tuesday than new <laughs> year's eve you're gonna say something about staples and drywall <laughs> No, 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 that's for off the air.
2: <laughs> I don't know this story. Do I know this story? No, no, I'd it's just that, it's one of Greg's expressions. I would rather do something oh, uh, yes. with staples in yes, yes, your
3: yes, wall yes. Than,
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, you can just fill in the yeah. uh, <laughs> fill in the rest. I'm think pretty yeah. pretty, pretty easily.
0: Yeah, going out uh, for New Year's Eve. I mean, it's you you do it in your twenties, uh, once or twice, and then you 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 know the experience. Yeah. And then you say, oh, I'll just stay at home. Like
3: now on New Year's Eve is like, yeah, last year, uh, Stacey and I, we, we got some uh, bacon from our guy, Charlie. Of course. Nice, nice. We made bacon and a bunch of appetizers. And we, there were like two or three movies we've been meaning to watch. And we just sat down watched them. Clock turned midnight. And we went to bed.
0: Nice. It's perfect. I remember there was, a, there was a year celebrating New Year's at a, at a friend's house with a you know, big group. And uh, we ran out of food. And so we had to order more pizza on New Year's Eve at about 11 11 o'clock at night, and it arrived during the countdown, and oh, nice. we, we uh, counted down from 10 to, to zero for midnight with the pizza delivery guy, like well, ho- holding the boxes. He, he I was just like, no, come on in. Did anybody give him a
3: kiss at midnight? <laughs> he earned it.
0: Uh, no, oh, no. We oh, offered man. him champagne, and he was like,
2: no, I'm working. I'm
0: like, ah, I've got to deliver. Take it for the road. more days. <laughs> Somewhere there's
2: a picture of me uh, in my 20s when I was uh, about 50 pounds heavier than I am now. In the height of the uh, Degeneration X WWE Attitude era. Sure. Where I was wearing a Chris Jericho style sparkly. I uh, a button those. down shirt <laughs> and I'm doing the suck it mechanic and I am about uh, 290 pounds of pure drunkenness. I had oh, one right. of, of those shirts. I'm pretty sure I wore
3: it to a new year's Eve party one year or two. Yeah. Oh,
2: that's yeah. Mad. Um, it was just a, like a human disco ball. <laughs>
3: yeah. It's bad. Um, but I did get this really cool set of bears pint glasses that I no longer have. They've been lost in multiple moves but they were like regular. They just had the bears logo on it. When you poured something cold in it, they like changed to like orange and had like mini logos all over it. They were like super cool. And we went to, uh, we went to one of these bars. I had like, you know, a new year's Eve package one time and I got that pint glass. Like this is the coolest thing ever. And six of them somehow made it into my coat pocket and made it home. with me. I was like, I'm taking a whole freaking set of these.
2: (laughs) Nice. I got yeah. to keep my cup from uh from the from the broken barrel last night. Yeah, my road water. Nice. That was nice of them. They were nice of that. It's still in there. All right, we do got to wrap up, but before we do, you mentioned New Year's bacon. Set mm-hmm. you up for that one. You know where to get your New Year's bacon. Mm-hmm. And Charlie, he's in the chat right now. Not Charlie, just, is it too late to get New, New Year's bacon, bacon? Not just New Year's bacon, everyday bacon. Uh, well, yes, of course, but it is extra special on new years. Uh Charlie the bacon guy, he's our buddy, he's in the chat right now. He's based in Woodridge and he makes craft bacon and bacon jams in over 30 different flavors and they're all naturally cured. They have no preservatives in them because those are gross and bad for you. If Charlie can't pronounce it, it's not in his bacon or his bacon jam. The great thing about it, if you're looking for a unique holiday gift and again, if you're not going to go pick it up from Charlie, it might be too late, but we've been telling you about this for months. It freezes up beautifully. You can buy a bunch of it, freeze it, wrap it, buy your father-in-law a little you know, portable cooler, fill it with some of Charlie's bacon. You're going to be the winner of the Christmas gift prize that year for sure. Here's some of the flavors that Charlie has. Maple pepper, Nashville hot, French toast, buffalo, ranch, jalapeno garlic, jardiner, and yes, he actually has malort bacon. You know. How about the bacon jams? The original, the bourbon, the spicy, the peach? all delicious they are perfect on anything you can put that bacon jam on scrambled eggs toast crackers burgers grilled cheese cinnamon rolls or just a spoon that's really easy to do you can pick it up from charlie he can deliver it to you meet you halfway or even ship it he makes the bacon so you can bring it home starting now until december 15th that's old uh you can save 10 percent on your order at charlie the well as charlie says in the chat He's almost out of bacon. We've, oh, We've no. almost bought him out of
0: bacon. That's oh, great. No. So act now. stop oh, find bacon.
2: I need bacon. Charlie, is the code? <laughs> I don't know if the code's still good, but I'll just keep reading it. chgo 10 try it. Go to charliethebaconguy.com. And here's the cool thing about the website is you can go through the bacon archive and see mm-hmm. all the flavors he's made before. And if it's not available now, if you reach out to Charlie and order enough, he'll make you your own batch of uh, any of the bacons he's made before. He's also open to... Some bacon ideas. Like, I know mm-hmm. that uh, I had a hand in the jalapeno garlic. Oh, nice. And I had a hand in the uh, maple maybe. sriracha because you, that night we got Wingstop, the Red Wings game, you got maple sriracha mm. wings. I'm like, that was damn good. It'd be good on bacon. Just mm-hmm. had
3: the maple sriracha bacon the other night. Yeah. It was damn tasty. It's it
2: good stuff. Good, it is a good, uh, good flavor. So, jump on it. CharlieTheBaconGuy.com. Uh, he's our buddy. He's our pal. He's in the chat with you. If he can't do it, and no, uh Yeah, get yourself some bacon for the new year. All right, reminder, tomorrow, 2.30, Nick Foligno will be in studio with us. It's going to be an awesome time. We have so much to ask him about uh, and so little time to do it. So come on, join the show. Mm -hmm. Make sure we pack the chat. Make sure we hammer that like button for Nick and let him know he is not wasting his time talking to us. That would be great. Yes, it's going to be an awesome time. Uh, Make sure you do that for us. We greatly appreciate that. In the meantime, we want to thank Braggs for running the show. Are you telling me to not do something? No, you're good. All right. <laughs> Thanks to Braggs. <laughs> you're for welcome. Show. Sarah's here as well, hanging out. The whole gang's here. Uh, Laws in there eating a Graziano sub. I'm very, very jealous. Right. Uh, but we'll talk to you tomorrow. White Sox 2:30. crew coming up next. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Sox White are Sox. next. Yeah, lots of stuff to talk about. Yep, tons of stuff. Hey, they made a move at the winter meetings. Did they? Somebody. They been. get bragging rights. Hey. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow, at two thirty, with Nick Foligno, Team Dad. On the CHGO Blackhawks Podcast. And a final reminder, because I almost forgot that we are powered by ComEd. It's getting easier for your business to switch to electric vehicles. Learn more at commed.com slash clean. Talk to you Thursday, 2:30 with Nick Felino on the CHGO Blackhawks Podcast. We all silly like the mayor.